welcome back to Three Decades of Tragedy, a history of the Thirty Years' War. Merry Christmas and or Happy Holidays to everyone. Just want to get that out of the way because I most likely won't have an episode later and I'll talk about that in a little more detail at the end of the episode. But just a reminder, I have a Patreon if you wish to support me. And since this is so short, let's get into this. So last week, we discussed... Hungary and other external forces getting involved in the war, or or not getting in the war. This week, we're going to cover the Habsburg war front and Ferdinand's various allies. But before we do that, we have to cover the man who, again, will be central to this episode, Maximilian I, Duke of Bavaria. He was born on April 17th, 1573, in Munich. His father was William V, Duke of Bavaria, and his mother was Renata of Lorraine. And if you've ever heard the name Lorraine, the Lorraines are part of the family that Maria Theresa was a part of. He grew up with the Jesuit education and became the Duke after his father abdicated in 1597. His main goal was focusing on the position of Bavaria as an independent territory within the HRE over supporting the Habsburg dynasty, which included creating the Catholic Liga, or another term for it would be League, the Catholic League, which was created in opposition to the Protestant Union, and the League was actually kept out of the hands of the Habsburgs in order to keep them from getting more influence and power. The last notable thing for this section was he left his office as one of the important members of the League in 1616, but a couple years later, as we know it happens, things change and he gets his office back, but more context will be given in the actual episode. On the topic of the Habsburg front, things were not necessarily going well for Ferdinand. Despite the the military position of the Habsburgs, the, the fact that Vienna had been besieged three times already was not a good sign, and also the fact is Ferdinand was in debt of around 20 million florins, which, I mean, I'm guessing that'd be like, like in billions of dollars nowadays, but it was a lot of money. The, the other problem was he was only making around $1 million or so in taxes every year, especially since a lot of the territories that rebelled were not giving him taxes anymore. Like, normally it was around $3 million or so, but a good chunk of that was gone because the rebels were not giving them money anymore. So, currently, the Habsburgs could hold off the rebels, but due to the existing resources and soldiers he had, he could not fully beat them. It was, again, the war was at a stalemate, despite some of the negative events that kept happening to the rebels, as we have chronicled earlier. There's a few places he asked for support in various ways. Financially, he asked Spain, France, and the papacy for financial support, and he asked Bavaria and Saxony, which were two members of the HRE, but were not actively involved in the war. He asked them for military aid. The leader of Bavaria, Duke Maximilian, the guy we mentioned earlier, as I said, was a founding member of the Catholic League, which had been disbanded or not as relevant up until the war. Once the Protestant Union showed it wasn't as effective, same thing, the League didn't have as much power. Duke Maximilian had intentionally stayed out of the war and ignored requests for aid, or requests to assist Ferdinand, since 1618, mainly because he wanted to establish the Catholic League, and also to make his position, or get better terms from the Emperor, for his involvement in the war. The Catholic League was officially reestablished by Mainz in August 1619. Ferdinand, being desperate for allies and resources, officially recognized the League when he visited Munich, and the League members got concessions at the cost of the Palatinate who were opposing Ferdinand. The one thing Ferdinand did not want to do was call upon Bavaria, because Bavaria was shown to be ambitious in their political power, or at least their leader, Duke Maximilian, so he was forced to call them in due to the crisis at Vienna, the most recent one, and he called them the Bavarian Devil. The deal that was made was the expenses of the Bavarian 
Bavarian army and their forces would be covered by the crown, and parts of Upper Austria would be held hostage until the debt was paid. However, the rest of the League was not covered by that deal. They would have to pay their own expenses. So already this was shown to be a good move for Bavaria by Duke Maximilian. The League gathered in December 1619 and agreed to fund a 25,000-man army between all of them. The League then formally established the structure and officially appointed Duke Maximilian as the overall command of the League. The other thing the League did was they established that only Catholics could join the League. Even if there were Protestants that didn't want to support the rebellion, they were not allowed to join the League for any benefits. And a small note, if anybody knows this era, Maximilian actually put Jean Tilly, who was going to become a famous commander in this war, in charge of the overall actual campaign. Maximilian was the actual head, but he didn't lead the army. That was Jean Tilly. The League also had many other smaller territories and other lords support them unofficially. As in, they couldn't give their official support, but they'd give them some resources and get some deals on the side. So there was a popular support behind the League. And there seemed to be more unity among them, which compared to their counterpart in the Protestant Union was a lot better for the Catholic side. Maximilian wanted to maintain that he was only doing this out of a legal benefit, not for any sort of power play or his own ambition. So he would only act when he legally had authority to act. He waited for proper permission from the Emperor to bring his army in the war. So previously he'd been technically at war with them, but like waiting on the sidelines till he had official legal permission. Another interesting fact about him was he didn't seem to be a man interested in glory, seeing as he didn't put himself in charge of the actual army. He put someone who was much better at him as a military commander. So regardless of what you have your opinion on him, it seems that he had at least some understanding of he was a political operator, not a military commander. For Maximilian, his involvement came to a head or officially got involved when Ferdinand annulled the crowning of Frederick and gave him an ultimatum to surrender and get some level of mercy or face an imperial ban by January 19th, 1620. An imperial ban was when someone was officially recognized as an outlaw by the HRE, which meant all their lands, all the stuff they inherited, all that sort of deal, that was all forfeit and that could be taken. So previously, if he had surrendered, he might not have had all his lands taken. There could have been shown some mercy. Like in many cases in, in the medieval and early modern times, lords could have part of the land taken, but if they surrendered or they didn't cause too big a problem, they could be granted much more le- leeway compared to other people. However, Frederick did not accept this, and five days after the deadline had passed, Maximilian was allowed to intervene in the war, and he began his march into Upper Austria. So the date when he marched in would have been January 24th, 1620. On another front, Maximilian and Ferdinand had approached the papacy for official monetary support. They knew they couldn't really get the support militarily, but the Pope could give them money due to this theoretically being a religious cause. The current Pope, who was Paul V, seeing that this was creating a bigger problem, he gave minor support in the form of around 380,000 florins between 1618 and 1621, which added all together is about a month or two of the Imperial Army expenses. And most of that wasn't even like out of his pocket. That came from German and Italian clergy who got taxed heavily to provide for assistance in the war. In contrast... The Pope spent around five to six times the amount of the support he sent to the war effort on various projects and nepotism, that sort of deal. So it was kind of clear the Pope didn't really regard this war as a religious war, more of a internal religious conflict or more of an internal rebellion than a threat to the Catholic faith. 
And on the Spanish front, while Ferdinand wanted to get them involved, seeing as they were both Habsburgs, Maximilian was less comfortable due to them being another sort of rival for power in Europe. Unfortunately for him, he realized he needed the Spanish forces to help pin down the rebel forces so he could advance into Bohemia without worrying about his own lands and other members of the League getting raided by the Protestants. Spain was rather slow to join the war. It took them months and months to finally gather, but eventually, by 1619, Spain realized that the crowning of Frederick was a threat to the position of the House of Habsburg, who acted as another balance against the prestige of the family, and that could not be allowed, seeing as as it was a direct challenge to the family's influence in Europe. It was also sort of an idea of a punishment for those who tried to usurp the position of the House of Habsburg. Between 1619 and 1621, the Spanish sent over 2 million florins in support of the maintenance of the Imperial Army. They also allowed the Imperial Army to recruit troops from Spanish territory. So while they didn't always provide troops, it, it was more recruitment, which was always good for the Habsburgs and the Catholic side. Around 23,000 troops made their way to support the Imperial War effort, although many of them were sent to join the army at Flanders, who were positioned to deal with the approaching end of the 12-year truce in the 80 Years' War against the Dutch Republic. Uh, they, like I said before in an earlier episode, I think, the 80 Years' War is a whole nother mess between the what we call like the Low Countries and the Dutch Republic versus, versus Spain. The last major faction that was to be involved in this war on the Catholic side, or at least this part of the war, was Saxony. Saxony was a northern European territory, for one, which again puts part of the HRE. And two, after the failed uh, negotiations that I talked about in some of the early episodes when the war started from the Protestants, Johann George, who was an important leader in Saxony, officially joined the imperial cause. He tried to frustrate the recruitment efforts of the Protestant Union in Lower and Upper Saxony, although he couldn't fully stop it. It still did do a number on the numbers that, that the Protestant Union and the Rebellion could pull. One thing that he ran into earlier was the Catholics, particularly Bavaria and Mainz, they refused to drop the terms that Protestants had to return the Catholic lands, which the Protestants in many places would seize Catholic churches and turn them into Protestant churches or just sell the land off. So the more warlike and aggressive Catholics refused to drop that term, even though some of their allies could be Protestants. Bavarian Mainz, despite their position, they were willing to compromise on Johann about reclaiming the various bishoprics and other church land that was taken, as long as the current Lutheran administrators of said land and priests maintained their allegiance to the emperor. This was bad enough that the Catholics were willing to negotiate on terms that they would negotiate regularly. And running parallel to what I mentioned about the imperial ban, Maximilian wanted to press Ferdinand to get the imperial ban on Frederick earlier, but he realized that this would show his ambitions, as Maximilian wasn't actually an elector, he was just a duke of Bavaria, but his cousin, who was Frederick, like his cousin was Frederick, was an elector of, of Bohemia. So this would be naked ambition. It would show to the emperor that this wasn't him wanting to help the war effort out. It was him wanting to get a better position in politics. Maximilian also, was also willing to agree that the Lutherans of Saxony were to be protected, and Saxony would be given control over the region of L- Lusatia till the peace was established and Saxons were paid for their involvement in the war. Maximilian was willing to pay them for getting them involved in the war. I'll post a map of Lusatia and other locations I mentioned earlier on on the web- website. There's one that's made a step for the Catholics in the Habsburg War effort, leading up to what will become the next part or two, the Battle of White Mountain. The last task they needed to resolve was neutralize the threat of the Protestant Union so they could attack Bohemia without the threat of the rest of the Protestant Union attacking them when they were concentrating their forces on Bohemia. The Union at the time was racing 
two more forces for their territory, around 11 to 13,000. But they weren't able to match the forces that the League could recruit, which was like in the realms of 30,000s, high 20,000s. Maximilian wanted them removed from the picture because they could interfere or delay his advance into Bohemia, which would be led by Commander Tilly. France, seeing this conflict starting to get out of hand, they started talks of a truce around June 8th, and by July 9th, the League and Union had come to a truce with the condition that the Union could oppose Spanish troops and fight in, say, like, on the further territories, but they could not fight in Germany. The French hoped this would be a long-term deal that would lead to future peace, but Ferdinand wanted to use his troops in order to attack the Protestants and crush them, which was not necessarily a long-term goal that the French would probably support. A quick summary of this episode, the Catholics found much more success finding support financially and militarily compared to the Protestants, and there seemed to be much more unity among the forces. It did not solve Ferdinand's money problems, but it alleviated it till he could deal with it in peacetime. And coming up next week, we will be either starting or potentially finishing the Battle of White Mountain, which is the climax of this season arc, whatever you want to call it. Although it will not be the end of the season due to the, there's some wrap-up that needs to be done post-battle. Post I just want to thank you for listening. Please check out my social media and, and, my, and my Patreon. You can email me at 3decot at gmail.com. I will post relevant images on the, on the website, such as locations, people, and just as a heads up, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I, there will not be an episode within the next two weeks due to it being Christmas, and I just, just want to, you know, take the holidays off. So I will see you guys all bright and early in January next year. Once again, Merry Christmas, slash Happy Holidays, and I'll see you next time.